Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, where we share the Sermon of the Week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thanks to everybody helping us make today happen from lights and sound and greeters and ushers and bus drivers and all the stuff that goes on. I mean, today is a wonderful day of celebration, but a lot of people have ministered uh, to you this morning, so thank you to that team that's here on Christmas Day. I am going to conclude our series on the miracles. We started with the miracle methods, the miracle message. We talked about the peace of God last night. I really enjoyed talking about the the Prince of Peace last night. Today we're going to talk about the miracle moment. Because this morning, all around, I was talking to someone in Africa this morning, a friend of mine who I saw many years ago. And interestingly enough, he's just been appointed to work with the president of uh, Kenya's wife on religious matters. And uh, so we were having a conversation this morning and celebrating all the way around the world today. And right now, is the day that we have set aside to celebrate his birth. And so uh, I have birthday candles. They're not real, but they're there on the screen. So let's sing happy birthday to Jesus. All right, are we ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Nice, nice, very nice. So we're talking about the miracle moment today. As for God, his ways are perfect. Psalm 1830. Write that down. As for God, his ways are perfect. His power is perfect. His judgments are perfect. He's perfect in mercy. Aren't you glad? He's perfect in grace. His knowledge is better than the internet. So his knowledge is perfect. He has perfect pitch, which I'm always reminded of being a musician. Because no matter how good you sound, God still goes, ooh. But I still love it because those are my children. Right? Sometimes when your kids come in and they draw you that drawing to put on the refrigerator, you don't even know which side's up, which side's down. But you don't care. You put it on the refrigerator because you love them. And so God's perfect in all of these ways. Even though we try to do our best, we fall short. And he's most perfect in timing. And that's why we're talking about the miracle moment today. God's perfect timing. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, verse 10, to be put into effect when? When the times will have reached their fulfillment. So God had a specific time for Christmas to happen for the birth of his son. Timing is everything, and we know that God has perfect timing. Amen? Amen. Life's all about timing. God has perfect timing. A couple of examples. Write these down. They'd be great. Both are out of the book of John. John 7, 30. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Our moment. John 8, 20. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple near uh, and near the place where the offerings were to be put. No one yet seized him because the hour had not come. See, God's timing is perfect. 
And when you study theology, which is the study of knowing God, theos, theology, like sociology, the study of social things. So theo, theology, is the study of the things of God. In this idea of God having perfect timing, there are some things that we can piece together from the word of God that then substantiate the idea that God's timing is always perfect. And I have one quick example for you that I thought I'd like to give you today is because uh, the Sanhedrin wanted... uh, to capture Jesus. Is this not correct? They said, you know what? We need, we need to get this guy and we need to get him good. But you know what? It's going to be a bad time to capture Jesus if we do it during the feast, during the Passover, because so many people are going to be in Jerusalem during the Passover. And so in Mark chapter 14, verse two, it says, but don't do this during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. So behind the scenes, as they're preparing to capture Jesus, they're saying, this is not a good time. We're not going to do it during the feast. Then in Matthew 26, 5. But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. But how many of you know that God's timing is perfect? If the Sanhedrin is saying, don't do it now, don't do it now, do you think God's going to go, oh no, they said we shouldn't do this now? Right? God has perfect timing. So watch this. Um, In John chapter 12, Verse 23, according to his timeline, Jesus said, quote, the hour has come for the man, for the son of man to be glorified. The hour, the word hour right there has several meanings, but it also has the understanding that it's this very moment. Colloquially, we say the hour has come. Oh, it's now seven o'clock. No, it's exactly at the right moment because God has perfect timing. So interesting. Earlier, the leaders wanted to kill him. Said that's not a good time, but God had another idea because God's timing is perfect. So today we're going to talk about the miracle moment. Perfect timing. Now check out Galatians 4.4. But when the time had fully come, when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman under the law. Now take a look at that word time. That's not how it reads in the original language. In the original language, of course, it was written in Greek. So what was the Greek word? Well, listen, chronos. What's chronos? Chronos is like having a, a, a what do you call it, chron- a chronograph watch. Or you talk about something happening chronologically, just like my big fat Greek wedding. The words have a root in Greek. <laughs> Put Windex on it or whatever you do from that movie. That was a great movie. I don't see a lot of movies, but I remember that one. It all and it meant something to me because he goes on and on about how Greek words are everywhere. So in the original language there in Galatians, it says at the exact, 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 exact chronological moment, God chose to birth his son. How many of you ever stopped to think how important timing is? You can do the wrong thing at the right time, the right thing at the wrong time. Timing is everything. You don't plant tomatoes in November. You don't paint a house outside in January. You don't go swimming in the pond in February. You don't go ice fishing in August. No, why? Because it's not the right time. I flew to Amsterdam. I flew to the Netherlands a a, a number of years ago to do some missions work. And uh, it was just me. I went by myself. And uh, this gentleman was to meet me in Amsterdam. And um, I landed and he had the wrong date in his calendar that I was arriving. So I arrived in a land where I didn't speak the language, I don't speak Dutch, and at an international airport and nobody to pick me up. And so 
it reminded me, when I was thinking about this, how important timing is. He was sure the time was right, but it was the wrong time. He had the wrong day. The biggie thing, the biggie, biggie, biggie thing about the importance of timing really has uh, a lot to do with sports, I would think. The quarterback won't connect with the receiver for completion. The golfer will miss the ball. The basketball or hockey player will miss the shot. World Cup, listen, I'm not a soccer fan. Um, When I was growing up, that was a communist sport. And so it wasn't really a big thing for me. But now I watched the finals. I thought it was really cool. But the timing that these guys have to have is impeccable. But as I thought and as I looked, baseball has some of the most difficult timing in sport. The sweet spot on a bat is only 2.75 inches. Sweet spot on a three-inch ball is only 1.25 inches. Home plate is 17 inches wide. The area of home plate, roughly 612 square inches. This means that a ball, which you will have to hit with perfect timing, takes up less than 2% of that area, and you need to strike it in the strike zone at the precise moment on the sweet spot of the ball with the sweet spot of the bat. Oh, by the way, the ball's traveling 100 miles an hour, too. And then there's a curveball. And then there's a changeup and a slider. All the best efforts, all the batter's best efforts in the world are useless unless the time, the timing is right. Timing's everything. We're talking about God's miracle moment. Bad timing, as well as good, bad timing. I was in the, I was in the middle of the intersection, the, the accident that happened. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? I missed the meeting. I got caught in the rain. Well, today's message is about God's perfect timing. God never misses. He majors in miracles, right? So I'm going to tell you about a guy by the name of Professor Stoner. Pat, Professor Stoner was the chairman, is the chairman of the Departments of Mathematics and Astronomy at Pasadena College, chairman of the Science Division in Westmont College. He's got a lot of letters after his name. And he writes in a book called Science Speaks. Professor Stoner outlines the mathematical possibility of one person in the first century fulfilling all 48 of the Old Testament messianic prophecies. Josh McDowell quotes Stoner in his book, Evidence of Demands a Verdict, and he says, we find that the timing that any man might have lived down to that precise time to fulfill all 48 prophecies is one in 10 to the 157th power. Right, so the odds of the timing are impeccable. God has perfect timing. Now, if you're questioning the professor's math, which many people have, Harold Haltzer, PhD of the American Scientific Association, states that Dr. Stoner's numbers have been carefully reviewed by a committee of the American Scientific Affiliation and the Executive Council of the same above and has been found to be dependable and accurate. That's a dependable and that's an accurate specific time and place. God said, this must happen now at this precise chronos, at this precise moment in time. Christmas Day, the day we remember and celebrate God's perfect timing. But when that time had fully come, Galatians 4, God sent his son. When that time, when that chronos had fully come, God sent his son. Did you hear that? When was the time? At just the right time. But just when the right time had fully come, God sent his son, God's miracle moment. Just in the right place at the right time, Jesus was born. 
The coming of Messiah into the world was not a, a matter of happenstance. It wasn't a roll of the dice. It wasn't by chance. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't a coincidence. It was all planned by God. His coming was part of God's divine plan. His death, we're not at Easter, but I may not see some of you again until Easter, so let me just throw a little Easter here out for you. (laughs) Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb that was slain before the creation of the world. God had a plan. When Adam and Eve sinned and when all this stuff began to unfold, God wasn't wringing his hands like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I don't know what I should do. He had a plan from the beginning. At this particular moment in time, I will reveal my son and he will be a savior and he will forgive people of the sin that's been racking up on your account for your entire life. I'm glad that, you know, each of us who are born again have that own Christmas moment in our hearts. The day that Christ was born in our lives. I mean, he was born in general for all of us preveniently in front of us. There he is, the prevenient grace of God rolling out in front of us that woke you up this morning even though you may not love him. Who woke you up this morning even though yesterday you cussed his name. That's his grace that's just rolling out preveniently pre in front of you all the time that wakes you up every morning. But there is a grace that can come to your life if you let him be born in your life, if you let him be born in your heart. The Bible says that's being born again. How can a man be born again? How can he go back into his mother's womb? These are not unusual questions. These are what the questions that some of the most well-educated religious people of the day, one by the name of Nicodemus, asked Jesus, how is that even possible that you'd be born again? Well, you're born of water, you're born by your, by your mother, but you must be born of the spirit. And how does that happen? Except you open your heart and you say, Jesus, I've seen you there and there a few times in my life, a few foxholes that you may have been in and prayed that prayer, oh God, if you get me out of this situation, I will serve and love you forever. And then you turned your back on him the next day when everything turned out okay. How do I know that? Because I did it too. But then one day, it stuck. It stuck. I can't tell you why it stuck that day than any other day. I probably prayed that, as we say, the sinner's prayer, oh God, forgive me and come into my life. I probably prayed that, I don't know, 20, 30 times prior to it sticking in my life. Perhaps each of them was another degree warmer in my life onto the boiling point because water doesn't boil at 210 degrees. It doesn't. You can sit and watch water all day long at 210 degrees. So where are you in your journey of Christ being born in your life? 100 degrees, ice cold. Say, man, if I step over and I really have Christ born in my life, there's some some things are gonna have to change. And I'm afraid of the change. Well, and listen, until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the fear that you might have in change, you'll remain the same and you'll always get what you've always got because you're always doing what you've always done. Today is an opportunity, not for another 11 years will Christmas be on a Sunday morning. I think it's providential that you might be here today listening to these words to hear me say to you, you must be born again. Christ must be born in your life. And you're not going to do it perfect. How do I know? Because I don't do it perfect. 
Cheryl doesn't do it perfect. Ryan doesn't perfect. No one does it perfectly. But on that day, when we finally see him face to face, we'll go, listen, I tried my best. Thanks for your help. I know I messed up. Thank you for forgiving me. His, as, we, as Keith sang last night in O Holy Night, his law is love, his gospel is peace. The law of love. Not of do's and don'ts and rights. Well, if I become a Christian, I'm not going to be able to do this and I won't be able to do that. But just think of all the things that you'll be free from. The stuff that just weighs you down and eats you up. You'll have peace supernaturally. Now, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world for you. So here's what you need to remember about this miracle. Number one, our deadlines are not his deadlines. You get on your knees, you start to pray. I got, I need it now. He goes, well, you may think you need it now, but it'd be better for you to get it next week. Anybody? I don't like that. Because God says he'll always answer. But we always want him to say, yes, right now I'll do exactly what you say. I'm just, you know, I'm just this, I'm just this, uh, I can't use that word. I'm just this, I'm just, I will do exactly what you say. A little slot machine, right? Sometimes he says no. And the one that's really painful is when he says, wait. See, number one, know this. Our deadlines are not his deadlines. Number two, God's timing has eternity's perspective. What do I mean? I mean that each of us, imagine a, a picket fence, a, a, a privacy wooden fence that separates you from your neighbor's yard. And it has a knot hole in it. Maybe it's on the edge of the street. And there's a parade going by. And you, you come up to the edge of the fence and you're watching the parade through a knothole. You're watching life go by, but you're seeing it a frame at a time. This is our existence. God, however, is in the Goodyear blimp. And he sees the beginning. He sees the bands at the front end. And he sees Santa Claus at the back end. He sees the entire Christmas parade. And he knows where you need to be at the right moment at the right time. Trust him with your future. Trust him with your now. That makes some of you uncomfortable because you want to trust yourself. How's that been going for you? (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in everything you do, acknowledge him and he'll direct the parade of life that goes past you. He'll speed it up. He'll slow it down. He'll do exactly what needs to happen. Number two, God's timing has eternity's perspective. And number three, I love it. You don't have to have an appointment to go talk with him about all this. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. As for God, his ways are perfect. Now, if you forget everything else I've told you this morning, I want you to remember this. God not has only come at just the right time. He continues to come at just the right time in your life. See, I can talk about Christmas and his perfect timing 2,000 years ago, but right now there's something going on in your life that you need God to show up. You're saying, God, I, I need you. I need you here right now. And God says, I hear you. I'm gonna take care of that. Trust me. Trust me. Have you ever seen the, the trust fall where you're supposed to fall back into someone's arms? Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Anybody old enough to remember an old camp meeting song about leaning on his arms? You see, Romans 5, 6. At just the right chronos, Romans 5, 6. When we are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, now is the time of God's favor. When is the time of God's favor? When? Tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. It'll be warmer tomorrow. It'll be nicer tomorrow. It won't be Christmas day tomorrow. I'll have other times to think about. No, now is the time. So you have a choice to make, as we all do. You either serve him or you deny him. And to say, well, I'll make that decision tomorrow is to deny him. There is no middle ground of I'll wait. There is no wait. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I know, man, this is a Christmas message. This is awesome. Jesus is alive, born in a manger, and he's here to save you from your sin. That's the beauty. He came to die so that you might not have to live in the garbage, in the blackness, in the sin, in the horribleness that you have between your ears. You can have millions of dollars and live in a million dollar mansion, have the most beautiful spouse and drive the fanciest cars and then drive to a seedy hotel and blow your brains out. Pretty people have problems too, see? People with lots of money have problems too, see? It's the human race. We're broken. And the only one that can fix us is a relationship with Jesus. He's the savior of the world. And whether you're black or brown or yellow or red or tall or fat or short or skinny or rich or poor, he loves you. You're special to him on this Christmas day. And that's for whom he came, for you. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Would you stand with me, please? As you leave here today, contemplate the words. Contemplate the words that Jesus spoke. I will save you from your sin. You must be born again. So if you love Jesus today, congratulations. Merry Christmas. If you're on the edge, you're on the fence, and your water's about 200 degrees, 208 degrees, 209 degrees, turn the heat up just a bit. I double dog dare you in the spirit of Christmas. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll stick with you, even when you turn your back on him. But it starts with a relationship. So I want to pray for you this morning. Let's all bow our heads. Father, on this Christmas day, 2022, man, the last couple of years have really been terrible. Horrible stuff, God. Finances and pandemics and politics and all the crazy. But in this moment, this perfect chronos of time. Would you be born in our hearts? If he's been birthed in your life, raise your hand with me. And if you want him to be birthed in your life, raise your hand with us. Father, here we are. Some brand new, spanking new Christian babies and some who've been walking with you for a very long time. We all stand on level ground at the foot of the cross. And we look up to you and we say, forgive us. Let this coming year be one filled with grace. Perfectly. Mercy. Perfectly. 
And may the things that we so desperately desire, may we submit them to your timetable. And as we watch the parade of life go by, as people come and people go, and may we be mindful that you are high and lifted up. And you see the whole thing beginning to end. And we, we submit ourselves to you in your life, a life of Christ living within us. If that's you this morning, congratulations. Jesus is alive in your heart. Father, would you now bless us with your peace that passes our understanding. Guard our hearts, guard our minds. And as we leave this place today with joy in our heart, filled with joy, overflowing for what you've done, may it be the merriest Christmas ever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Merry, Merry Christmas. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.